Hello friends, welcome back. We left last off just kind of really hitting the juncture in my life where already I identified a pretty rough and tumble childhood, youth, birth, you know, not trying to compare it to anybody else's or make wrong of anybody in my life in it, but definitely as I continue to relive it every day and think through it and think through the experiences and process them and do this thing called reparenting in a way, I get to relive it. I mean, I get to see it is for what it is, and I get to empathize with the inner child in me and recognize it as what it was and what it felt to me at that time and start to make those wrongs right and do that work. So that's been really powerful work, slow work, sustainable, kind of enough to do day in and day out that keeps me really busy, not thinking about other things and, and staying in an attitude of gratitude, if you will. Um, I, I realized that when I started really drinking at the age of 15, you know, I'd obviously done some tests and get drunk and be silly before that, but 14, 15 is when alcohol became in my life on a regular basis, and, and now there was the alcohol personality that came along with that. There was the alcohol feelings that came along with that. You know, there was this whole other, if you will, cast of characters who came with booze. And, you know, I just, it's hard to look back at it and imagine how, you know, I knew we were the latchkey generation, but it's just, it was so acceptable back then. It's hard to imagine how people weren't really spending more time trying to slow their kids down from drinking. And growing up in Idaho, you know, in the Northwest, you know, I'm sure it's similar to a lot of rural areas is that you don't really have a whole lot else to do but drink as a kid. And so not only was it kind of normal for us that this is what we would do because there's really nothing else for us to do. It was normal for the parents to say, you know, they're kids, they're just, you know, they're out cutting it up and doing what kids do, turn an eye. You know, that was the time I lived in and that's what it was and that's, that's the is of the is, but looking back at it now, if I was parenting myself the same way I'm parenting my own kids and, you know, I would have really looked at the volatility of the kind of human being I was and the sensitive nature of my pure essence and know that alcohol was a terrible idea. A really, really bad idea. And it's, you know, it's interesting to live back through the drippy, fun moments and the gooky, embarrassing moments or the the silly, wise moments around the campfire with friends and things. And, you know, I don't feel like this big need to, like, vacuum out the history of my childhood and, or my teenage years around the drinking. I'm just saying, for definitively for myself, you know, that was a terrible idea and it didn't really contribute a whole lot of good all things said and done, if you looked at the range and the balance and the depth of what I was walking through at that time, getting through high school and getting out on my own. And so now I continued on with that for 40 years, you know, for 30 something years. And so that's just like a mind trip to me, you know, that's something that I really, even for myself, given a little bit more centered and groundedness in myself, and particularly how I grew up where alcohol was kind of celebrated by my superiors, my stepfather. We were big whitewater rafters and you know, skiing and, and outdoor sports in general, but whitewater rafting was you know, the ultimate excuse to get out in the middle of nowhere and get completely shit-faced as an adult. And I was on all those trips. <laughs> That was my example, and these were kind of becoming the definitive of success and you know now kind of taking us out of the the poverty living into nicer qualities of life and my stepfather was becoming a lawyer and 
you know, his professor at the law school was on these river trips too. And, you know, it looked like, you know, men and people and women accepting the fact that this is what you do as an adult. And so, you know, we did a lot to replicate that. I certainly, you know, played that out to the full degree in all the way through my 20s and so on of kind of playing that part and celebrating, you know, the involvement of booze and boozed up activity and boozed up judgment and boozed up moods and boozed up, boozed up tempers and boozed up panic attacks, if you will. You know, things that triggered me that made me then respond manically. And so booze for 40 years certainly comes to the term for me right now is that it's no longer romantic. And you see me walk through this process on many episodes where I've romanticized alcohol for my entire life. And I'm hitting a day and a place and a time in my moment right here and now where there's nothing romantic about alcohol for me. It really did not, not a whole lot more than let me down. And so coming into the show, I was even, you know, and, and still now, I'll say I'm still protecting my right to drink if I decide to, and I'm not necessarily going to follow the, the process of the 12 steps or other aspects. I'm certainly going to address that later as to a lot of the 12 steps that I really am already participating in, and that framework really is powerful. But part of this process for me has been actualizing what this potion or poison does and doesn't do for me and making my own disciplined decision to identify with it in a healthy way for what I want to see my life become. And so, yeah, I was a wild and crazy guy for 36 years, really. All things said and done, actually two years, I can say I've been on pretty much different pace, but 30-some years, I was a wild and crazy guy. Heath Burr personality was definitely something that was came out and often was celebrated. Often it was refreshing because nobody else was going to be that fucking wild and crazy. So somebody's got to play the part. And, uh, you know, it's almost my own John Belushi character. And, you know, that, that guy had a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. And a lot of people had fun with him. And so it's not all doom and gloom, you know, woe is me shit. It was fun to be a rock star in my own right, whatever that looks like and sounds like and characterizes itself into my essence as the car squeals behind the background as a sound effect. But now really just looking at the big picture and what I appreciate now is my sanity and my sobriety and somehow what feels like a much more true self, authentic presence coming in and out of my being every single day as to what I let in and what I put out and create and be. Booze is a risk. It really doesn't bring a whole lot of value. It's not overly romantic. And, you know, the ads and the movies and the marketing and the culture, you know, it worked. You know, I'm 51 now and I'm really just sitting back going, wow, I took the fucking blue pill or whatever, which one was the other one that didn't take you down this new cool spiritual rabbit hole. At that time, I, I took the, the blue pill, I guess is what it is probably, I don't know. But, and, you know, and, and just believed that, you know, as I said, you know, cigarettes were my James Dean and, and booze was my Marlon Brando. And between the three of us, we couldn't lose a fight. And this was going to make life right for me. This was going to make life approachable for me. This was going to allow me to be cocky enough to live into doing anything and everything I ever want to do in my life. And this is what's going to help me build passionate relationships. And this is what's going to help me have more passionate sex and this is what's going to have me come up with more creative ideas and be surrounded by more awesome creative reckless people so that i can live my best life and in 
many ways that happened. That's kind of the weird part, you know, the, the ads work. But now, as I look at it, and as I go through the journey of retrospective and inner child work and shadow work and reparenting and grief journey and all of these different aspects of my essence, my soul, and, you know, giving my soul more power over the program, you know, it's very clear that alcohol, for all intents and purposes, for me, was a poison. And, you know, my head shook just the same way when I smoked my first cigarette. I'm like, ooh, this is awful. Ooh, why would you put this in your body? Ooh, that was it. And breaking through it to make sure that I let it put its spell on me was something I, I got good at. And ultimately, it has raised unbelievable havoc in my life, unnecessarily, whereby I think I could have done a lot of what I say I needed alcohol to do without it. And I know that that's my plan for the future. Prayers closed.